When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, folks, Monday! SEC Media Days here! The unofficial countdown! The return of the college football season. Everybody in Nashville, I'll be there Wednesday as Bama and Coach Nick Saban take the podium. You're rocking and rolling right now. They're on the hottest show on the streets. We're talking nothing but Crimson Tide football news, notes, and information. I'm yours truly, Stephen M. Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Happy to have you guys in here. We bring you the show as always. Magic City of Birmingham. We stream this to you via YouTube. Speaking of the channel, you know what time it is. You know what to do. Hit that subscribe button. You tap subscribe right now. You get every friend, every family member, every diehard Bama fan, casual Bama fan, consumer of Tide Football to subscribe as well. Share the show to everybody that you know on all platforms because if you're filling the content, they will as well. Don't forget to like the show. Give us that thumbs up. Hit that like button. Tap the like button right there. Show that support. Trying to get the show out the gate. 50 likes here to start it. That daily super chat go $100. Daily super chat go $100 right there. We appreciate you guys. Don't forget to also hit the notification bell so that way you miss absolutely nothing when it comes down to your Bama football coverage. We got a lot to dive into. A lot to talk about tonight. We want to hear from you, the outstanding fans of Bama football. You can do this by calling 205 448 1358. But I'm going to call in to let your voice be made known on the show 205 448 1358. And one more time 205 448 1358. Want to hear from you. Number is also on the screen. But, John, without further ado, let's get this thing started. Media days starting today, or started today, Wednesday. Coach Saban and the Crimson Tide take to Nashville. Going to be a very interesting conversation throughout Wednesday. He's bringing Kool-Aid McKinstry defensive back, J.C. Latham offensive tackle, and Dallas Turner outside linebacker with him. But the pot is already being stirred and Coach Saban has not even taken the podium yet. What do I mean by that? National media pundit already stirring the pot, and it's none other than ESPN's Paul Feinbaum did that today in terms of discussing Nick Saban's legacy. 
in a sense of if the Crimson Tide were to miss the college football playoff for a second straight season, does this tarnish Nick Saban's legacy? Does it hurt it? Does it affect it negatively? Is Nick Saban seen in a different light if Alabama was to miss the CFP for a second year in a row? And of course, Paul Feinbaum saying, yes, you would have to look at Nick Saban in a different light. If he misses the CFP for a second year in a row, and especially if somebody else in his same league goes a third national championship, then Saban's legacy takes a huge hit, big hit crushing hit coming from Paul Feinbaum here saying if, if Alabama misses CFP second year in a row especially after what's happened the last two years uh, in particular what happened a season ago where you had the Heisman Trophy winner in Bryce Young from 2021 and you had you had, you had, you had, the, you had the nation's number one offensive player in Bryce Young the nation's number one defensive player in Will Anderson both guys got drafted in the top three of this recent NFL venue. You still couldn't, didn't win the national championship, though you did win 11 games uh, this past season. You know, all of this is what Feinbaum is talking about, and he's saying if Alabama misses out on the CFP this time around for a second year in a row, Nick Saban uh, legacy uh, tarnished, Nick Saban legacy affected Nick Saban legacy and Jeopardy you would have to look at Nick Saban through a completely different lens this is the guy stirring the pot here in one Paul Feinbaum prior to Saban speaking here on Wednesday in Nashville but here's the thing Saban going after national championship number seven in terms of Alabama going after his eighth overall he got one at LSU back in 2003 but going after championship number seven at Alabama. And uh, we all know this. Saban loves these scenarios when uh, his back is against the wall. Saban loves these scenarios where everybody is talking down on him and his program. Saban loves these scenarios where it's just Bama against the entire world and Bama can come out with a machete and just take everybody else's head off. Like, Saban loves these types of scenarios where other teams, they're getting the credit, they're getting the talking points, they are the headliner in the newspaper, they are the headliner in the digital space, they are the headliner in terms of the massive talking heads out there, and Alabama's kind of the footnote. Like, Saban loves that. Because he can take all of that and show his players, hey, they think we don't got it no more. Hey, they think we really gone. Hey, they think we are really dead now this thing. And let, let's show them what is for real, you know, Alabama football. And uh, Alabama comes from underneath the water and just swallows you whole like Jaws. <laughs> just attacks you in that form, in that form. I mean, Saban lives for these types of moments right here. So here we go again. Another conversation of Bama doesn't have it. They don't know who their quarterback is. Saban had poor coaching last year. You know, you had so many undisciplined plays. And yes, Alabama did have undisciplined plays. We saw that with the penalties. Bama, Bama had more than likely, you know, cleaning 
has cleaned that up and got that squared away. But another national media talking head is saying, hey, you know, Bama misses out on that CFP. You got to look at Nick Saban in a whole completely different light here than what you're looking at him. And here's a guy at 71 years of age going after national championship number seven at Alabama. Eight overall, but number seven at Alabama. And at the same time, trying to prevent Kirby Smart and Georgia from doing what nobody else has done in college football. And that's win three in a row uh, in terms of national championships. But we shall see. What takes place here at Media Days? I wonder if Feinbaum and Saban will speak to each other at Media Days, uh, John. That, that, that'd be something to kind of keep our eyes on there as we here at TDA, especially I myself, will be in Nashville on Wednesday. But we take our first break here on the show. Don't touch that down. We're just getting started upon our return. How do U.S. fans feel about this? I mean, does Saban's legacy really get affected? If Alabama misses the CFP for a second straight year, do you see Alabama missing the CFP? We'll get to your thoughts, your calls, your viewpoints. Light us up after this. This is Matt Cadell, former Alabama wide receiver, and you're listening to In My Own Words with Stephen M. Smith with Touchdown Alabama Magazine. And I got two words to say, baby. Roll Tide. Nine players have teamed up and released the Alabama Team Paper, which is a video yearbook they've put out for sale direct to fans. Now, for the first time, small dollar purchases from the fans can support the players as a group as well as a great cause because one dollar of every subscription payment is donated to the Boys and Girls Club of America. Be a five-star fan base and support your team and a great cause with Team Paper. Check it out at teampaper.com Alabama. Remember the taste of Grandma's delicious sweets? Emily's Heirloom Pound Cakes brings back those precious memories with just one bite. Each cake made from scratch. They make the perfect dessert to share with family and friends for any occasion, and ordering is easy. Visit emilyshirloompoundcakes.com. Click the online store and shop. Then pick up your fresh cake at the kitchen in downtown Homewood. Order yours online at emilyshirloompoundcakes.com. Emily's Heirloom Pound Cakes, making memories from scratch. All right, all right, people. We're back to the action from the break. Number one ticket for your Crimson Tide football news. In my own words, yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Appreciate you guys checking us out here on a Monday. Continue tapping that like button. Give us that thumbs up right there, showing that support, hitting that subscribe button, sharing the show to all that you know. Daily Super Chat Go, $100. Daily Super Chat Go, 100 bucks right there. Got to show some love to the President Waylon, who drops in that $4.99 in the bucket there. Appreciate the love from Waylon. And how about my man Bill? Big Bill from New York, that 501 in the Super Chats. Helping us out there, showing love. And then Tobias comes in with the 20, 20. 
dollar donation. So Waylon, Bill from New York, Tobias, the money coming in. Appreciate you guys. Oh my gracious, Kenny Heathcock comes in with the five dollar donation to his own credit. So so Waylon, Bill, Tobias, Kenny, all of you, appreciate you guys. Getting it started here in the Super Chats for today's show. Also, we have a message board, people. I have a message board, Touchdown Alabama Magazine, touchdownalabama.com. So if you're trying to be in the first wave or first group of fans to help us regrow, rebuild the message board, here's what you do. The link to the message board can be found in the chat line or in the description. You check that out right now. I think some more money just came in, gentlemen. Let's see what this is. I just, oh, is it Wagon again? Wagon again with $4.99 in the Super Chats. The president ain't playing with them. Appreciate Wagon helping us out here. On the show, we go to the phone lines to grab your calls. Call segment is brought to you by the Blue Wrench Gang, 205-448-1358. And I'm going to call in to let your voice be made known, 205-448-1358. We grab this call right here. You're live on the show. What's happening? How we feeling? State your name. Where you calling from? Hey, this is Tobias calling from Fresno. What kind of Fresno? How you doing, sir? Doing good, man, and yourself, brother. How are you? I'm doing blessed, man. God is good. God is good. I'm, I'm real excited, man. And um, I've been catching the shows on the repeat. Everything has been going well. Actually, I'm not in Fresno. A little bit out. Got to the coast to relax for a second. But um, in, in terms of the discussion about the legacy, I, I just happened to look down at the show and, and saw you was talking about that. It's actually something I wanted to call in on. I'm real frustrated, Steve, with the conversation at all, man. I mean, I'm listening to these people on my Sirius XM and and Alabama's over and the legacy is over. I guess I probably want to define what is a legacy? Is a legacy one year? Is a legacy two years? Is a legacy three? Like, what is a legacy in people's mind? Because in, like, our fast food generation, where we make people legendary in two years or something, what are we even talking about? Can you tell – maybe you can help me, Steve? Uh, oh, okay. Was, uh, okay, been, so – What's been Georgia's record over the last five years? Okay, okay. So, so Tobias, to, to me now, this is me, this is me speaking here. So, to me – when I look at legacy, I look at a continued, sustained uh, excellence. Continued, sustained excellence for, you know, 10-plus years. That's a legacy in my book. When, when, you've got continue, when you've got continued, sustained excellence for 10-plus years to where people cannot even start a conversation without your name being in the conversation – that's a legacy right there. And when you look at Nick Saban, he's got that in spades. You cannot even start a national championship conversation without Nick Saban and Alabama being in that conversation. We're talking six national championships. And not only has he had a hand in running the BCS era, which people thought was rigged, but that's a conversation for another day. But Saban has also had a hand in running the college football playoff era as well. I mean, I know people look at 
Well, Georgia's won back-to-back, but Nick Saban started that, you know, 2011-2012. But wait a minute, Steve. So, okay, so you're making my point then. So let me ask you this. What's Georgia's record in the last four, four or five years? I mean, I'm not even looking at my phone or nothing, no records. I know they lost three three games a few years back. They lost two games, then lost two games, then lost one game, then they went undefeated. The The, the one game that they lost, just two years ago was against Bama. And Absolutely. Yes, listen, we give it to them. We're not making no excuses of the national championship game, but we know our receivers were down and our young players didn't step up to the challenge. We know that. But in that same year, Bama beat them. That's what I can't understand. So when people say that Georgia is like now the, the, the big dog, yet yeah, you won the national championship this year. Can we go again? Yes. Can we be back? I believe yes. I believe we will be back. Could another team be in it? Yes. Could Ohio State? Could someone else? Yes, that's been the rotation. But Alabama is always in that conversation, and nobody can tell me that the Big 12 champion plays Alabama and Bama puts the smack-smack on them, and the team that the Big 12 champion beat in the Big 12 championship, TCU, got smacked up by Georgia. Anybody think Georgia was doing that to Bama? Stop it. People, stop it. Georgia fans, stop it. It's always going to be roll tight. And this year, another point I just wanted to make real quick, Steve, my only fear with, with our quarterback room, because Ty Simpson, I believe, is probably a, a better thrower, but I understand that he was throwing some interceptions. Him and J-Mo was throwing some interceptions and stuff like that. Um, you know, in spring practice, so they got to get that clean up because we got to protect the ball. I went back and looked looked at the the two games that that uh, uh, Jay was in. Um, you know, and yes, he, yes, did we win the game? Yes, but there was a struggle there. My fear is that if we don't have a prolific passer at quarterback, not what it does to our offense, because I think we're gonna put up points, but what it does in practice for our DBs not getting the work that they need to, so that when we do go up against a prolific passer, you know what I'm saying, our DBs have not gotten the work that you're going to get when you're practicing every day against that kind of talent. That's that's my, you know, only fear in, in the season. But I think we're trump tight in every other place. And people, please remember we lost two games last year on the last play of games. Stop it. Bama is going to roll this year. That's my thought, Steve. Keep doing what you're doing. I'll keep donating, man. Roll time. Appreciate Tobias calling in from Fresno, getting us started on Monday. We take this call. You're live on the show. What's happening? How we feeling? State your name and where you calling from. Hey, Steven. This is Adam calling from New Jersey. How you doing? Doing great, man, and yourself. I'm doing great, thanks. I just had a quick question. In my view, this this year, the way to the national championship is through the running game and through the defense, and I think our secondary and linebackers are going to be fantastic. My only worry is the defensive line. What kind of pe- what kind of players do you think are going to be able to step up and kind of bring the pressure and return to the kind of dominance in, in run stoppers that we've had in the past? 
Well, Alan, when you look at the defensive line, the first name I'll pull out, I think Jaheim Otis is one of those guys. Uh, we saw him come in last year as a freshman. He was over 400 pounds. He dropped down to 360. Now he's like at 330, and they're trying to keep him there. But Jaheim Otis is one guy. And when we saw him last year, he was uh, he was uh, resetting several you know, offensive lines that, that Alabama played against. So I look at him. Uh, another guy to keep your eyes on, I think – could this finally maybe be the year where Tim Smith becomes the guy we thought he was when he came out of high school in 2020 as a five-star? I'm hoping so. I'm banking on that. So Tim Smith would be another guy. Justin Aboigby came back for his fifth year. He was having a good year last season before, suffered a neck situation there. So you have him back. You have Tim Keenan III, who kind of went through a similar body transformation as Jaheim Otis did. People forget Tim Keenan came out of high school with a leg injury, so he didn't really play much his freshman year. Bama's got a lot of guys on that defensive line. Probably the one to keep your eyes on the most is Big James Smith, the freshman from Carver High School. That kid is a flat bully. If he's able to make his way on the field, James Smith could be somebody that can really turn some heads. Awesome, man. Great answer. Thanks so much, and roll tide. Appreciate Adam calling in from New Jersey here on the show. We grabbed this call. You're live on the show. What's happening? Are we feeling? State your name, and where you calling from? Hey, I'm calling just from Georgia, and and my name is Lucas. And oh, can you can you um can you uh, hear me? I can hear you, Lucas. Um, I liked I I, I kind of like with the two callers who was on the on on the um who call in. I kind of like what they're saying, but the reason why Ty Simpson threw the interceptions in, 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 in the Ada game, he was dealing with a hurt thumb. He was dealing with a lot of pain. I'm gonna tell you, if, if you go bump your elbow or bump your hand on something, your mind is on that pain. You can your mind kind of off, so you got to set your mind off to get yourself back focused. So Ty Simpson is fine. Absolutely, Lucas. Ty Simpson, Ty Simpson was dealing with some pain there in his hand. Lucas, you're right because when he threw the ball, his hand banged the back. I want to say it was Caden Proctor's helmet. That's the helmet that Ty Simpson's hand hit the back of. So you are correct there. Yes, but like, like I said, if you're watching every video, what you see on Tyson, he is cleaning, he is cleaning that up. He is getting that right. He's working with some good people. And I want to tell you right, right now, and I still got faith on Dylan Miller, but do not sleep on Ty Simpson. I, I, I want to tell you, by the LSU game, you might see Ty Simpson come in to play the LSU game because he, because he can give us that pass throwing quarterback. We got that bold prediction here from Lucas calling in from Georgia saying don't sleep on Ty Simpson and he names the LSU game. That could possibly be one where we could see Ty Simpson. But fall camp, folks, it's coming in a couple of weeks. few weeks, fall camp will be here. We're going to grab this call. You're live on the show. What's happening? How we feeling? State your name and where you calling from. Hi, Stephen. Bill from New York. Nice again to talk to you, brother. Uh, we, 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 we got the MVP of the building. My man Bill is in here. What's going on, man? <laughs> well, listen, I, what I was thinking about, I, I was listening to Sirius Radio on Sunday, and they had some guy from Tuscaloosa Radio or something. I can't remember his name. Like the station 100.9. Could it be Fowler or something like that? It may have been Fowler. I don't know. But, 
anyway, what he was saying is what you say on the show. And not for nothing, what I've even said a couple of times. We're going to be a running team. We got a great pair of tackles, good backup tackle. And, and this, this guy was raving about the guards, just raving about these, these guards, which is exactly what we need, these big, vicious guards, right? So he, he's saying it. You're saying it. I even know it. So it seems to me we're against great coaches in, in the SEC. Great, great coaches. Not, not, not as good as Saban, but they're good. Look, listen, Sarkeesian, great mind. You, you know, you got to hand it to Kirby. These guys are going to know what we're going to do. They know Saban. They know, they know what he's going to do. But my thing is that, makes it, that should make it easier for the quarterback, Stephen, because these guys are going to have to play up. You're going to have to bring the defense up or, or they're going to run right through you. And, and, you know, teams don't want that. So whoever's the quarterback is getting, like, an e- in a way, will have an easier time than Bryce had. You see what I'm saying? They knew Bryce was going to pass all the time. Now, if they have to play up, there should be open receivers. And like you say, of course, especially in, in, including tight ends. That's a great time to hit a tight end. And that's all I wanted to talk about, just to hear your opinion on it. And Stephen, like like I said, thanks for taking my call. The the callers before me were all great, and thank you very much. Have a great night, man. Absolutely, my man Bill from New York, right there calling in. It's going to be more of a running based team for Alabama this season. This is the reason why you got more of the bigger offensive linemen. The reason why you went out there and you got legitimate offensive guards. This is the reason why. You have five or six tight ends on the roster that can do a bit of everything. The reason why you do have Tommy Reese as the offensive coordinator. So you're going to be able to ease the quarterback in with the, um, the play on the field. But, but even with easing the quarterback in, I feel like once that guy gets the confidence going, is able to really shoot that ball up and down the field, then it makes Alabama much more harder to defend because you all have to do with the run. Now you have a quarterback that's shooting that thing down the field. It's going to be hard to deal with. But we got to give a shout-out to J.D. Long, baby, with that 1999 in the Super Chats. Appreciate J.D. Long helping us out. And then we got Javion Smith with the $5 donation. Drawing that threat, dropping that right there in the bucket as well, J.D. Long. Javion Smith helping us out. We grabbed this call. You're live on the show. What's happening? How we feel? And state your name. And where you calling from? Mike from Chicago. How's it going, Steve? Roll Tide. Doing good, brother. Doing good. We got Saban speaking in Nashville on Wednesday. I will be there. So hopefully uh, Saban will be able to look at me. <laughs> hey, that's good. Hey, first, there's two things I want to talk about. I want to talk about uh, clickbait firebomb. All he's talking about is clickbait. I mean, hey, it, uh, his legacy, I mean, how, how, that's like saying Bill Russell's legacy was tarnished. That's like Michael Jordan's legacy is tarnished. When you are I the mean, best I'm just saying. and you have the best, you, how do you tarnish it? You can't tarnish his, his legacy. Even if he doesn't make it for the next five years, you can't tarnish his legacy. I mean, this is a man that is consistently winning. Championships are not easy. It's easy when you make it to the top to then say, oh, they're not going to make it. Yeah, because you got 140 other teams competing at it. So you got a, a field of 140 that you can pick to say we'll win it against one that won't. I mean, it's, it's just easy clickbait. I mean, it's, it's, it's stupid. 
I do think everybody's thinking it's going to be a running team. I think this is not going to be just a running team. I think it's going to be a balanced team. I think it's a team that's going to pass when they need to pass, run when they need to run. I think that's what Saban wants to do. He wants to be balanced, not just totally run it. I think he wants to do what needs to be done at any given time. And there was times where we were passing where we should have been running. And I think that's the thing where they're going to, you know, more to to be uh, a balanced team. And I think this is a team that's going to compete. And if they don't win it, hey, just as long as they compete hard, hey, I'm always a Tide fan. So as I always say, roll Tide. Appreciate Mike from Chicago calling into the show on a Monday, giving his thoughts right, th- giving his thoughts right here. We grab this call. You're live on the show. What's happening? How we feeling? State your name and where you calling from. This is Jay from Pensacola. How you doing? Doing great. Doing good, man. How we feeling? Feeling good, man. I can't complain. I'm, I'm a truck driver. So I'm on the road all the time. I, I, I listen to your show. It keeps me awoke. But basically, I was calling just to give my opinion on the quarterback situation. I feel like teams would be scared of Jalen Miro because he's such a threat. And if he can get his accuracy down as far as throwing the ball, he would be a totally threat. Again, he could be – I don't mean – I don't like to compare him to Jalen Hurts, but he could be the next Jalen Hurts for our team. But, I mean, in my opinion, as of now, just straight up starting off, I feel like – Tyler Butner would be the best option, in my opinion, because he he has more experience than both of them. I like I like Ty Simpson. I feel like I feel like Ty Simpson. I was all for him because he his dad is a coach, so by him being in football all his life, I would assume that he would be having the starting role, in my opinion. First time, first time we get some love here for Tyler Buckner in terms of being the starting quarterback. I appreciate Jay from Pensacola for that call there. And Buckner does have the most experience of all the quarterbacks in the room. Played in 13 games at Notre Dame. Coming over following his offensive coordinator, Tommy Reese, to Tuscaloosa. We grabbed this call. You're live on the show. What's happening? How we feeling? State your name. And where you calling from? Hey, man, this is Smitty from Pensacola. What up, Jay? Smitty, what's going on, man? Hey, man, I'm doing good, man. I know it's been a while since I called in, but I got a couple things to say today. So, um, first of all, I'm tired of Texas fans saying that had they not lost their quarterback against us last year, that they would have won the game. Um, I mean, the Colt McCoy story never dies, does it? Go, Go ahead. I said the Colt McCoy story never dies, does it? Never dies, man. Never dies. And and also, you know, Texas fans do it in. I, I was kind of upset with Bama fans for doing that too. You know, when 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 we lost JMO, they were saying that, you know, we should have that we would have won that game had we not lost JMO. But my thing is this, those young kids that those young receivers, they should have stepped up and played the damn game, man. So I don't like making excuses. If you if you win the game, you won the game because you were the best team. If you lost the game, you lost the game because you were not the best team. So um, that's my take on that. Uh, secondly, I don't know why people thinking that Bama is about to drop a home game this year, man. We got Texas, we gonna win that one. Mississippi, we gonna win that one. Arkansas, we gonna win that one. Tennessee, we gonna win that one. LSU, we gonna win that one. I'm sorry. We will not drop a home game this year. 
You heard it here first. Mark it down. Out. Appreciate Smitty from Pensacola giving his bold prediction right here. Alabama not dropping a home game on the schedule this upcoming season. Got a lot of tough games, but Smitty from Pensacola saying Bam will not drop a matchup inside Bryant-Denny. We'll take this call. You're live on the show. What's happening? How we feeling? State your name and where you calling from. Steve, what's up with you, man? This is Jay from from Florida. Here, here, here is my personal MVP, Jay from Sheffield. Jay, what's going? Well, Jay from Florence. Jay, what's happening? I'm gonna, uh, I'm coming in with the hottest take possible, but I feel like this is the year to transfer, Steve. You have a transfer, Jay? Facts. Transfer quarterback Buckner. He gonna be the starter. Going into the most important games, the playoffs, the end of the year, all that. Buckner going to be the guy. Because the quarterback battle going to go on for about three games. But then after that, I feel like Jefferson going to start at middle linebacker and Trey Amos going to start at uh, at cornerback. I don't know where Jalen Keith is at. He going to get a bunch of playing time at the start or maybe back there with, uh, with a guy like Christian Story. But them three other guys? Uh, it's on this year, Steve, because I just feel like they're the best players for both of those positions. I mean, Jefferson, he he wasn't only making tackles in the A-Day. He was coming through knocking 300-pounders on the ground, guys. Like, we he, ain't he, seen he no was. He, he, he truly was. Physical like that in years. We ain't seen no middle linebacker do that at Alabama in years, guys. Like, not Dylan. Dylan Moses was the downfall. Like, once we got Dylan, the linebacker core was soft. And I hate to say that, but, yeah, we ain't seen no no, no middle linebacker take on a 300-pound in the rush game in forever. And Amos, I just I just like his game, Steve. I, I think he played – I think he played good on the receiver hands. He played like the trail technique almost. He played that pretty good. And he a pretty long guy. So, I, I, like, I like how he operate out there. But Buckner – I feel like Buckner the best of both worlds. I mean, he came out of high school above Milrow. You know, he was rated above him coming out of high school. We we tried to recruit him coming out of high school. You know, I, I hate I, I ain't I ain't the biggest Milrow fan. So I, I try to look at everything else. The we this man Milrow was never really our first choice if we go back to his recruitment. You know what I'm saying? Like we took Drake Mate over him like by a long side and was recruiting other guys until it kind of got a little later. We was like, oh, we, we got to have his quarterback. You know what I'm saying? So I, I never really felt like we were sold on Jalen all the way with, you know, with his throwing style. I just don't see it. I just don't see it. He, 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 he a gadget quarterback. You know, I, I feel like we could go with, uh, with like, a, like when Tim Tebow used to come in the game for Florida, like one of them type packages for Miro. But other than that, yes, he is, it's the year to transfer. Either get with it or get gone because them boys here, and they, they, all these guys coming from, you know what I'm saying, not winning programs for real, now they got a shot. I feel like they finna go for us, Steve. But roll tide, I love y'all, man. Jay from Florence dropping in probably the biggest hot take of the day. He says year of the transfers, highlighting Tyler Buckner, Trey Amos, Jalen Key, Justin Jefferson. As guys, he feels like going to really step up here for this football team. We take this call. You're live on the show. What's happening? How we feeling? State your name and where you calling from. You're live on the show, caller. 
Unfortunately, lost that call. Then we got a great call segment right here. 205-448-1358. Number to call in to continue getting your thoughts, your opinions in on the show. 205-448-1358. One more time. 205-448-1358. Some good, t- some good opinions there. Really good opinions in this first call topic, first call segment. I mean, we got some hot takes in here. Woo, man. Here we go to an awesome call topic right here, that being Bama in the NFL, in particular Alabama running back Josh Jacobs of whom uh, the Las Vegas Raiders have not reached a deal or come to terms with a new contract for Josh Jacobs, and we're at the deadline. So Jacobs can honestly go test the water and see what team can give him a big deal. I know running backs are grumbling right now in the NFL because the value of that position has been underappreciated, devalued, underpaid. You've got people that say, you know what, you draft the running back, you play the guy. If the guy ends up being good, you franchise the guy, you don't pay the running back big money. And uh, now you've got several running backs coming out saying, hey, that ain't right. When you look at Derrick Henry has come out and and talking about this. Najee Harris is talking about this. Like These running backs aren't having the whole, you're not going to devalue us because to win Super Bowls in the league, you still have to have some resemblance of a rush attack. I mean, even with the Kansas City Chiefs, the years they won the Super Bowl, you still they still had Damian Williams as a running back. You still had Isaiah Pacheco as a running back, whom they picked up, what, in the seventh round? So they still had to have some resemblance of a run game to win those championships. You look at the Eagles to get to the Super Bowl, who they had, Miles Sanders, Kenneth Gainwell, and then you had Jalen Hurts running the football himself. So... You still have to have some resemblance of a run game to win the Super Bowl nowadays. So these running backs are not happy whatsoever how they're being undervalued, underappreciated, undersold at this level. I mean, my gosh, you got Saquon Barkley, one of the best backs in the league, a former, what, number two overall pick not too long ago out of Penn State? And the Giants are talking about franchise tagging him again. I'm like, what in the world? Like Saquon Barkley is one of the best all-purpose backs in the league. New York, what are you doing? You're not winning with just Daniel Jones and the little engine that could. You better pay Saquon Barkley. Or you ain't going to be sniffing 10 wins. Right? You probably ain't going to sniff five without Saquon Barkley. So, case in point, Josh Jacobs, he can test the water. The Raiders have let the deadline go by without having a deal in place for him. We'll see where Jacobs goes, especially after, I mean, what he did this past season, becoming the league's rushing champion, betting on himself after the Raiders declined to pick up his fifth-year option. But we're going to go to a break right here, folks. Don't touch that dial. If you're still on the call queue, uh, callers, hold on for 10 minutes or call back in the next 10 minutes. We'll definitely get to you in the next call segment. But upon our return, we get into a conversation about this. Coach Saban has added another chess piece to his coaching staff in Alabama, and he got the chess piece from off the plains of Auburn? We'll talk about it after this.
What's up, Bama Nation? This is Rudy Griffin, former Alabama defensive lineman, and you're listening to my guy, Stephen M. Smith, in my own words, brought to you by Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Roll! Roll! Thank you for tuning in. Show your support right now by clicking that like button. If you haven't subscribed, hit the subscribe button now and enable all notifications to make sure you don't ever miss any of the best Alabama football news, notes, and information right here on Touchdown Alabama. All right, folks, we're back rocking and rolling right into the action from the break. Hottest show on the streets. We're talking your Alabama football news in my own world, George Truly. Steven Smith of TDA on a Monday. Got my man John Ivory in the production studio. Continue tapping the like button. We're at 67 likes. We're going for 100. We got 177 people in the chat. Hit the like button. Stop what you're doing. Tap that like button right quick. Show us that support there. Hit that subscribe button as well. Make this your channel, your network, your show. We talk Bama football. Get everybody that you know involved. Uh, share the show around. Uh, that daily super chat go $100. Daily super chat go 100 bucks right there. We appreciate you guys. We also have a message board. Touchdown Alabama Magazine, touchdownalabama.com, the message board. If you're trying to be in that first wave, a first group of fans to help us rebuild, regrow the message board, the link to that board can be found in the chat line and in the description. But, John, topic two of the conversation, Coach Saban continuing to add pieces here to his staff at Alabama for this season and for the years to come here. And the latest chess piece been brought in comes from Auburn University. Yes, Auburn University. Coach Saban bringing in former Auburn defensive lineman Gary Walker as a defensive graduate assistant on staff. Those grad assistant positions, those GA roles in Alabama, very coveted roles, those GA roles, because you get into one of those roles – you do well as a grad assistant. At some point, somebody, another program is going to be calling your name to come up and be a coach on their staff. But Gary Walker, former Auburn defensive lineman, been hired, been added to Alabama staff as a graduate assistant. Gary uh, Gary, uh, Gary Walker, who played for the Tigers from 2015 to 2019, uh, native Georgian. Uh, defensive end during his time at Auburn. Now, he he didn't produce big numbers for the Tigers, was kind of a rotation rotationary guy, kind of a contributing type of player. He played in 23 career games, including eight uh, in his final year, 2019. Uh, didn't do all that much, but he soaked up a lot of the game, uh, soaked up a lot of being around Kevin Steele, Kevin Steele, who was the D.C. for Auburn 2016 to 2020. So he is reunited with Coach Steele. Coach Steele knows a lot about defense, knows a lot about the SEC, has been around this conference for 30-plus years. So uh, Walker ends up reuniting with Steele, his former D.C. at Auburn. And uh, I guess the question in all of this would be, you know, how is this young man going to be able to have his Alabama defense back elite, especially if he's a, you know, a GA, if he's a 
defensive graduate assistant. I would imagine he would be the defensive graduate assistant for the defensive line. I would imagine that would be the case. I could be wrong, but I could imagine that would be the case since he's a former defensive lineman. So my, my thought process for that would be, how is he going to go about helping Alabama becoming more elite up front, especially when uh, this has been the cry from U.S. fans? You know, Alabama has not had defensive linemen that scared the daylights out of you since the Jonathan Allens, the Sean Robinsons, the Jaron Reeds, the Dalvin Tomlinsons, Deron Paynes, Deshaun Hands, those guys, the Darren Lakes, those guys. You haven't seen defensive linemen since those guys that scared the living daylights out of you. Now, Christian Barmore was a, was, was a gem in the rough. You know, he, 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 he was good. You know, Fedarian Mathis, productive during his time. But you haven't had just that string of defensive linemen that had you go, uh, Mama, I'm just going to hide behind you and not come out for the rest of my life uh, since that wave of guys I previously named starting off with Jonathan Allen. So when you discuss Gary Walker, how is he going to help this group get back to that status? that stature, that elite level of play because the talent is there for Alabama's defensive line. Talent's there. Uh, James Smith is talented. Uh, Tim Keenan is talented. Uh, Jaheim Otis is talented. Jabarian Latham is talented. You got a lot of Monkel Goodwine is talented. You got a lot of talented guys here on this team. You got freshmen in here now that are talented. It's just for Gary Walker, you're working with Kevin Steele, you're working with Freddie Roach. How is he going to help this group be an elite group? But it is interesting that Coach Saban, with this new piece added to the coaching staff, he brings over Gary Walker from Auburn University, played for the Tigers 2015 through 2019, and the last couple of years he has spent as a GA on Auburn's staff. So it'll be fun to watch how all of this sort of plays out for him. But we take another break here on the show. Don't touch that down, ladies and gentlemen. When we get back, we return to those phone lines, grabbing your calls, your thoughts, your conversations. We get back to a dialogue with you, the Bama faithful, right after this. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? This is Marvin Constant, All-SEC linebacker and 1999 SEC champion. You are listening to In My Own Words, brought to you by Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Roll Tide. Every sports fan deserves the proper representation. Whitwill Sports introduces to you the title towel. Wave that title towel in the air like you just don't care. In support of Nick Saban and the Alabama Crimson Tide. Only $9.99 and it lasts a lifetime. Head on over to WhitwillSports.com and get your title towel today. Chris Rogers, 2009 National Champion. You are listening to the baddest, when I say the baddest, sports show in the state of Alabama. In my own words, you know, yours truly, Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Don't touch that dial. 
Thank you for tuning in. Show your support right now by clicking that like button. If you haven't subscribed, hit the subscribe button now and enable all notifications to make sure you don't ever miss any of the best Alabama football news, notes, and information right here on Touchdown Alabama. All right, people, we're back to you to the action from the break here on a Monday. Getting that work week started off you correctly. Bama, Nick Saban and the players will take the podium in Nashville for SEC Media Days on Wednesday. I'm yours truly, Stephen Smith of TDA. We're at 77 likes, need 23 for 100. Continue tapping the like button. Give us that thumbs up. Hit that like button right there. Show us that support. 77 likes, 23 away from the big 100, 100 there on the channel. But as we're back inside, the action phone lines open, 205-448-1358. The number to call in to let your voice be made known. The call segment brought to you by the Blue Wrench Gang, 205 205- 448-1358. We go on this call right here. You're live on the show. What's happening? How we feeling? State your name and where you calling from. What's going on, Steve and JD Long, man? What's going on with you? JD, what's happening, man? Hey, man, just chilling, man. Sorry, man. It's been a while, man. I've just been working. Man, you, you, man, brother, you don't got to apologize. You here right now. That's all that counts. <laughs> Yeah, but I always listen to the show, though, when I get out, though, I promise you. Well, I was just calling in, Steve. Man, what's up, man? My man, Cal ain't started out here. People ain't Cal Miller out, man. What, what's up with that? I mean, I mean, man, it is it, it, it is crazy, man. I mean, it's crazy. I, I know you got a quarterback competition in here. You know, all three guys have a, bring something different to the table. We know what Milrow is athletically. We've seen, you know, in spring he did make some improvement there in the passing game. Probably not a whole, whole lot, but there was some improvement there. He has spent the whole offseason working with trainers and wide receivers. It, to, to me, J.D., it's always when a, guy, when a guy's back is against the wall, then you see what that guy is really about. Exactly, exactly. I mean, Steve, fact, I mean, I'm a numbers guy, Steve, so I pull up his stats, right? So – just on the Texas A&M game, okay. Of course, the fumbles, right? And you could say one on wasn't really his fault. He got sacked. That can happen to anybody. The man went 12 for 19. Last time I checked, Steve, that's 63 percent, right? That's solid. That's that is solid. So I mean, come on, man. If we want, the man won the game. The man had to call in the hostile environment in Arkansas. Arkansas, what they was, that was undefeated, right, Steve? I maybe lost one game. I can't remember. I know that was highly ranked. The man had to come in for an injury, have him show someone and, and lead the way. And this, and, this, and this is the respect we give him. I mean, at least let the foul count go out. I mean, none not against the other quarterbacks, you know. I get it, but we treating this man like like he's like trash, like like dumpster wars, Steve. Like, I just, I don't, I don't, I don't feel the Bama fans, man. I mean, I, I thought we would treat our players better than they. I mean, okay, everybody had their favorites, but. I mean, we train Jalen Miro like he just like a pin in the street. Like the man actually can play. Get that man some time. That's why Nick Saban got rid of those, uh, got rid of Bill O'Brien and brought in another supposed corner that's supposed to tweak and make him better. So just let the man get through foul count, Steve. 
so we can give him, his, give him that man his due diligence and just give him his full shot at the quarterback position. Absolutely. J.D. Long, call it. Go ahead. I mean, absolutely. I mean, uh, and for, for me, it, for me, J.D., it all goes back to Blake Sims was done the same way in 2014. He was done the exact same way. Blake Sims did not have the greatest spring game. He was written off before the summer even started. Jacob Coker comes in. The spotlight is completely on Jacob Coker. Blake Sims' back was against the wall. The young brother came out fighting, and he showed the world, hey, I can ball. And he was single-season record passing holder, single-season you know, total touchdowns responsible for. So if, if I'm Jalen Milrow, the one person I'm having on the phone with me is Blake Sims, and I'm asking him, Blake, man, how did you do that? Because your back was against the wall. You came out fighting, and look what you did. Please, man, you know, I'm just Good point right there. Appreciate oh, J.D. Man. Long calling in here from Birmingham, giving his thoughts on the show. We take this call. You're live on the show. What's happening? How we feeling? State your name. And where you calling from? Hey, what's up, Steven? This is Mike from Kentucky, man. How you doing, brother? Here is another bona fide MVP. Mike, what's happening? And I'm doing all right. I've been a little busy lately. I ain't been able to call your show as regular as I'd like to. Man, I, I believe, Mike, the, I, I the point is, Mike, you're here from, now. From Birmingham that just talked. I agree with the cat from Birmingham that just talked, man. I think Milrow's putting in the work this summer. Took the boys down to Tampa. I think we're going to be pleasantly surprised. I'm not too concerned about it. I think he wants it, and I think he's going to get it. And the SEC's going to get it, too, and they ain't going to like it. That boy has the potential to be the second coming of Michael Vick. Nobody runs better than him. If he can just get that passing game and keep it at 66%, like your boy said, we're going to be just fine, brother. But, uh, you know, you were talking. Go ahead. I, tu- I tuned into your show, and I seen you think Sagan, I mean, somebody, the topic was Saban's legacy may be, may be at risk this season. You know, that's funny. It's kind of funny when you think about it. We lost two games last year on the last play, so and, and that's the way Bama, Bama fans, you know, think about stuff like that, you know, but, you know, we're used to perfection and that's what we expect, you know, to, to aspire the impossibility. That's the way we think. So it is what it is. I mean, I, I know I, I picked up the topic, Mike, from, of course, we all know a lot of people in the national media, they love to stir the pot. And so today ESPN got a chance to get a hold of, of, of Paul Feinbaum, who's in Nashville for SEC Media Days, and that's what he had to say in terms of, okay, if Alabama misses the CFP a second year in a row, you know, do we look at Nick Saban in a whole different light? Is his, is his legacy affected by this? Which is a ridiculous question to ask because look at what Coach Saban has done, not just for, not just for Tuscaloosa, but for the state of Alabama as a whole. I mean, people forget – 2011, a deadly tornado ripped through this entire state. And not only did Nick Saban help this team go back-to-back championships, but Nick Saban and his wife, Miss Terry, were the first two people, boots on the ground, building houses for people, clearing out debris, trying to help people cope with getting back to life. Yeah, Miss Terry might just be the first lady of college football. 
You know, she ain't too far behind Nick. <laughs> oh, no doubt. Truth, no know. doubt. You know, and as far as the D-line goes, you know, you're right, bro. I mean, we haven't had a true mediator of Jerron Payne, uh, a Sean Robinson, a Jaron Reed, uh, Jonathan Allen. You know, we haven't had a cat like that. And, we, and man, we haven't had a middle linebacker that hits you so hard your kids would be born dizzy since Reuben Foster played. You know, when we missed on the Kobe Dean, it just kind of, we went through a little skid in the middle. I mean, hopefully Steele can get every, everything clicking again. We've got the talent. I think it's just a matter of uh, Coach Steele putting it all together, maybe simplifying things. Just, you know, man, just see ball, get ball. <laughs> That's the way we played. So uh, I guess I better get off, man. Uh, roll tide to you, Steven. Appreciate Mike from Kentucky calling in. That's the main thing. See ball, get ball. Attack the play. Don't think as much. Don't think as hard. See it. Read it. React it to it. Go make a play. And whether it's – I mean, it doesn't matter to me which combination of two you would have it, Mike linebacker and weak side linebacker. Just get the right two out there. That's my main thing. If Kevin Steele puts the right two out there and they're flying around, they're crashing down on people, they're thumping in the middle – they can play pass coverage. They can create some pressure also. That's all I want to see right there. Appreciate Juice with that 999 in the Super Chats. Throwing the love in there. Thanks to Juice helping us out. Cool call tapping. John Ivory, do my eyes deceive me? Get it, B. For the first time since the COVID pandemic, band day and the open practice. Returning to Bryant-Denny Stadium, August 5th, Saturday. The immediate day will be fan day. The fans get to come on the field, get the autograph sign, have an open practice. The thing I enjoy the most, where the people get to go out there, see the team practice in person, be able to take some notes, circle some things, Get a full understanding of who are going to be the playmakers, the starters, who will be the marquee contributors, so on and so forth. Fan day and open practice returns this fall. And John, if you can see me from the other side of the glass, I'm ready. Ready for fan day. Ready for the open practice. Haven't had one of these in quite um, times. So it's great that they are bringing it back. But take our final break here on the show, folks. Don't touch that down. When we get back, we wrap things up with Alabama football has updated the roster. Jersey numbers for all the summer enrollees for the 2023 class. They're all in. We'll wrap it up with that after this. I'm Malachi Moore, and you're watching In My Own Words with Stephen M. Smith on Touchdown Alabama's YouTube channel. Thank you for tuning in. Show your support right now by clicking that like button. If you haven't subscribed, hit the subscribe button now and enable all notifications to make sure you don't ever miss any of the best Alabama football news, notes, and information right here on Touchdown Alabama. 
right. Oh, my bad. All right, folks. We appreciate each and every last one of you checking out the show on today. All of the YouTube chatting, hitting the like button, super chat donations. We appreciate it all. You doing what you do to make this your show, your network, your platform, your channel, space, outlet to talk all things Crimson Tide football. We definitely appreciate each and every last one of you guys. But as we uh, wrap this thing on up here, John, summer enrollees for Alabama football, the university has updated the roster for the 2023 summer enrollees. Now, for the spring guys and the summer guys, you go to RollTide.com. All jersey numbers are right there. Everybody in the 2023 class, you go to RollTide.com. All of the jersey numbers, they've been updated. They're all right there. But just strictly now, the summer enrollees, uh, here are their numbers. You can see them right here on screen. For the summer enrollees, you look at, you, you look at uh, Yancey, Pierre, uh, number, he will wear number 42, freshman linebacker, Yancey Pierre, will wear number 42, young man from Eufaula, Alabama. You got Richard Young, the other five-star running back, joining Justice Haynes. Richard Young from Florida at 5'11", 200 pounds. He will wear number 25. So Richard Young will wear number 25. Kyle Buckner, transfer quarterback from Notre Dame, will wear number eight. So he's got number eight right there. Jalen Key, a defensive back from UAB transfer, will wear number 22. Keon Keeley, a freshman linebacker from Florida, five-star, will wear number 31. He will take Will Anderson's old number. Keon Keeley will have number 31. Trey Amos, defensive back by the way of Louisiana Lafayette, transfer, will wear number 23. So he's got 23. And then last but not least, Connor Talty, place kicker, will wear number 31 as well. So you got the number, you got the names there on screen. Uh, the summer enrollees, their jersey numbers from Yancey Pierre, Richard Young, Tyler Buckner, Jalen Key, Keon Keeley, Trey Amos, and Connor Talty. So gonna be fun to watch here. Once fall camp gets in. Uh, which of these guys can make the plays? Which of these guys can be impactful? Which of these guys can be special as summer players? Because we, we, we've seen summer enrollees before come into this program and make a huge impact and earn a starting job as freshmen. We remember that I believe uh, Mika Fitzpatrick did it 2015. I think Calvin Ridley was a summer guy in 2015 as well, if I'm not mistaken. You know, he came and made an impact. If you look at uh, one, Jalen Waddle came in the summer of 2018, made that impact quickly, got on the field there as a freshman. So we, we, we've seen a lot of summer guys. They come in and they make that big, big, big impact here for the Crimson Tide. So which one of these guys will come in here and have that type of production, have that type of uh, effect on the team? We'll definitely see how this all plays out. But as always, ladies and gentlemen, you want the best in news, notes, information, coverage here, entertainment on your favorite program, that being the Alabama Crimson Tide. You can get this by accessing the Touchdown Alabama magazine app. Now, you download the app from the iPhone App Store. If you're rocking 
uh, rocking the iPhone, a uh, Google Play Store if you got the Android phone. Uh, for your for your uh, listening needs, check us out right here, iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Spreaker, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, Overcast.fm, or iHeartRadio. Got you covered right there. But good and gracious, Lord, sees fit. I'll try to be back on... Uh, well, I'll try, we'll try to be back on Friday, continuing the conversation. We'll, we'll, we'll have a show Wednesday. We'll try to be back in studio Friday, continue the conversation that is Alabama football. Uh, as always, fans, if, if you, you can purchase individual copies of Touchdown Alabama magazine, have those sent to your door, that link will be found in the description. If you're trying to get your hands on the fresh edition of TDA the magazine, you go to touchdownalabama.com. You click join, become a member, and or a subscriber today. That link in the description as well. Guys, shout out you guys, the incredible fans of Bama football, for all of the calls today. For the calls, for the super chats, for the chat in the chat line, for just all that you do to make this your spot here to talk nothing but Alabama football. Appreciate you guys. Guys, shout out my man John Ivory in the production studio, handling that business behind the scenes. Till next time, folks, husbands love your wives. Wives appreciate value. Those husbands, children continue doing the right thing, fun thing, smart thing, good thing, legitimate thing too. Not be bored there. Get yourself those three hearty meals a day, those three great laughs a day. You protect yourself. You protect the loved ones around you. Till next time, folks, I'm your man, Stephen Smith, and you've been listening to my own words.